Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. Heavenly Father, I pray you would touch this message. Help me, God, to preach this message and to speak what you would have me to speak tonight in the mighty name of Jesus and help me say amen to that. Verse 6, it's telling us to not be alarmed. And as I was reading this particular passage, I'm reminded of the fact that if we have a circumstance, we can have two different outcomes. When we have a circumstance, it how many knows your circumstance will influence you in one way or the other? Your circumstance can be an influence is what I'm trying to say. And when you have a circumstance that you look at a certain way, when you have it influences you. It, 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 it is that influence that determines our decisions. You say, what are you talking about? When I'm influenced by something or someone, that can be a determination of what I decide to do. Okay? Then that decision determines my reality. So it's the decision from my thought process. I have to think it before I act on it. And so whatever I think, the Scripture tells us whatever we think in our heart, so are we. So we react in what our mind is comprehending. And we can see here that these uh, women, are, a lot, they, are, they, are, they are looking at a situation in a certain perspective. They're looking at it from what they've seen. Okay, These women are looking at what happened by what they've seen in the past. And we see here that, thank God for the angel that came to remind them. So I'm thankful for not only um, a, a chance to look at something from a different perspective, but I'm thankful for help from heavenly places. And the angel came, and when the angel came, the Bible says, uh, don't be alarmed. The angel said, uh, he didn't come to alarm them. The scripture says, don't be alarmed. So uh, as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, the angel didn't come to alarm them. The angel came to remind them. Now, what did the angel come to remind them? The angel come to remind them that you will see him. Watch. You will see him just as he said it. Just as he told you, you will see him. Where am I going to see him? In Galilee. So he already told them where they would see him. But the circumstance told them that he wasn't there. You see what I'm saying? So they're looking at it a certain way, and they've allowed the circumstance to dictate their decision. And as they're walking there, thank God for the help that didn't alarm them, but reminded them, you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene. The angel said, don't be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's not here he has risen victoriously. And then it says, look at the place where he laid. The body's not there, it's gone. So that's, that's an indication that what he told you, the place where he told you he'd be located, that's where he is. And so it goes on to say, Peter, it says that the woman was commanded to tell the disciples, to run and tell the disciples, and the special mentioning of Peter was the significance that Christ still accepted him even though he denied Christ three times. So that was the reason that he brought Peter out from the disciples to say, yeah, he denied me, but there's still restoration for Peter. And so it's so important for us to see that there's still hope beyond the grave. There's still hope beyond the grave. The last Sunday I preached this story from the book of Luke chapter number 24 and how that Mary... And the other women, they brought the spices. They uh, delayed the decay. And Jesus, uh, but as they arrived to see Jesus, they discovered that the stone was rolled, the tomb was empty, the body was gone. And then we read from the book of Acts, chapter number 1, verse 3, and it tells us that Jesus uh, presented Himself alive after His suffering by many infallible proofs. Uh, being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Somebody shout the kingdom of God. The Hebrew speaks of, the infallible proof speaks of uh, decisive proofs for the beliefs uh, 
the believer's confidence in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God was the focal point. The kingdom of God was the topic. When As He came back, Jesus comes back. And as He comes back, the focus was the kingdom. And he's, and he's preaching on the kingdom from His resurrection until the time of His ascension, which was 40 days. And we see here that, that if we... I want, to, I want you to turn with me, if you would, if you have your Bibles, turn with me the book of 1 Corinthians chapter and number 15. And I'm going to read just a minute. I'm reading from a, a different translation, but you can read it from your translation as well. And this particular translation, it says, Dear friends... Let me give clarity the heart of the gospel that I've preached to you, the good news that you have heartily received and on which you stand. For it is through the revelation of the gospel that you are being saved. If you fasten your life firmly to the message I've taught you, unless you have believed in vain. For I've shared with you what I have received and what is of utmost importance. Now I want you to really focus on this. The Messiah died for our sins, fulfilling the prophecy of Scripture. We talked about that, that He came to, when He said it's finished, what He was saying it's finished uh, about was the fulfillment of prophecy. The fulfillment of prophecy was finished. He was buried in a tomb and was raised from the dead after three days, as foretold in the Scripture. Then He appeared to Peter the rock, and the twelve apostles. And if it goes down, he also appeared to more than 500 of his followers at the same time, most of whom are still alive as I write this. This is Paul. Though a few was passed away, then he appeared to Jacob and to all the apostles. Last of all, he appeared in front of me like one born prematurely, ripped from the womb. Yes, I am the most, watch this, insignificant of all the apostles. This is Paul speaking. Unworthy even to be called an apostle because I hunted down believers and persecuted God's church. But God's amazing grace has made me who I am. Hallelujah. And His grace to me was not fruitless. Come on, somebody. His grace to me was not fruitless. In fact, I worked harder than all the rest, yet not in my own strength, watch this, but God's. I worked harder than all the rest, yet in my own strength I couldn't obtain it. But it says this, but God's, for His, thank God for His empowering grace is poured out upon me. So this is what we all have taught you, and whether it was through me or someone else, you have now believed the gospel. Is anybody glad that you have now believed the gospel? Now let's go on to verse 12. It says, the message we preach is Christ. Watch this, you guys who has been raised from the dead. So how could any of you possibly say there is no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no such thing as a resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Watch that. And if Christ has not been raised, watch this, all my preaching has been for nothing, and your faith is useless. How powerful is that? Then it goes on to say, moreover, if the dead are not raised, that would mean that we are false witnesses who are misrepresenting God, and that would mean that we have preached a lie, stating that God raised Him from the dead, if in reality He didn't. If the dead aren't raised, that would mean that Christ has not been raised up either. That means, that means one day you're going to rise up is what that means. And in Christ, if Christ is not alive, you are still lost in your sins and your faith is a fantasy. It would also mean that those believers in Christ who have passed away have simply perished if the only benefit of our hope in Christ is limited to this life on earth. We deserve to be, uh, we deserve to be pitied, more, pitied more than all others. But the truth is Christ is risen from the dead at the first fruit of a great resurrection harvest of those who have died. He is the first fruit of the resurrection. So what I'm trying to tell you tonight is not only I'm thankful for the substitution, I'm very grateful for the resurrection. Because had not He resurrected, 
we would not have the opportunity to resurrect. And the Hebrew speaks of this convincing as we see here that, that the, they're talking about the kingdom. The kingdom of God, how many knows, is the person and the rule of God. That the kingdom of God is, is, the, is the spirit realm and the kingdom of heaven is the place of the headquarters. You've heard me talk about this before. So the headquarters is where it comes from and it comes down from heaven into the vessel of God. The invasion, God is trying to get His presence, His invasion into His people. And so He's trying to get us to not only live for the kingdom to come, I want you to hear me. Thank God for the eternal kingdom. But how many knows that you are already a part, hear me now, of the kingdom? So not only has He given me everlasting life, but He's given me abundant living. So on this Easter Sunday, instead of the grave being a place of weeping and mourning and desolation and loss, how many knows it became a place of resurrection? The reason that it became resurrection is because there was a love that was more powerful than your sin. The healing and the deliverance became uh, available because of the grave, but I want you to also understand without the resurrection, there's no victory. So I'm thankful for the dedication of, of the substitution. I'm going to talk about that just in a moment, but is there, is there anybody glad that he did not stay four days come on somebody but that prophecy was fulfilled and on the third day the stone was rolled away and we see not only that but I want to state this because I didn't get this was going to be my ending point on Sunday and I was like I got to get this in but the the very fact that that settles the matter if you look at the book of Matthew chapter 28 and 2 it the Bible says that Mary stood outside the tomb crying and weeping when she bent over to look into the tomb, not only was the stone rolled, watch this, but the angel was sitting on the stone. That reminds us, you and I, that your victory is secure. That your salvation is secure. Let me just go ahead and preach that. Your deliverance is secure. Come on. That your healing is secure. So the, not only was the stone rolled, but the angel said, I'm going to sit on this to establish what's happened. Come on, somebody. He, I, I believe he could have got some popcorn and just said, I'm going to wait till he shows up. He's sitting there waiting on the Master and the Messiah because he broke out of that tomb victorious over death, hell, and the grave, took the keys of every prison that the enemy would try to lock you in, and he said, I firmly secured your triumph. I've given you permanent deliverance. Come on, somebody. This deliverance is permanent. Come on. I said, this deliverance is permanent. Your peace is permanent. Your joy is permanent. And the door has been opened wide and we understand that everything that, the, that would try to defy the, 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 the powers of hell that would try to defy what God has done to roll that stone back over a second time, it's not going to happen. Hallelujah. The setting on the stone established our victory permanently. The, the setting on the stone established your breakthrough permanently. And so we've come out of the Holy Week, and I just want to uh, testify that this past week we saw at least 17 salvations give their heart to the Lord uh, through the Holy Week. And there's probably more than that, but that's 17 that I know of. Can we just give God praise for that? Thank God for that. And I heard of testimonies of many who had received honest victory, honest peace by faith. Uh, the week before, when we walked through the, the, the symbolisms of peace and victory, I got testimonies of people uh, where chaos had entered their mind. Now they're seeing with clarity and peace has come to them. Thank God for that. Can we give God praise for that? <laughs> Miracles. We saw ears open up. Things that took place. Why? Because the angel said on the stone, Come on, somebody. It's been established. He is the resurrection and the life. So whatever He has is available to you. That means because He lives, you can live victoriously. Because He lives, you can operate from the place of peace and joy of your salvation can be renewed. I love this time of year, spring, and I'm going to go ahead and use my backdrop right about now. Because it spring... Is, is that, you remember in the scripture where it says, it, it's a, a new thing shall spring forth, shall you not know it? And every time spring comes around, it's that refreshing. 
things begin, begin to come to life. You see colors. You see flowers. They're springing forth. And everywhere, as believers, uh, this season symbolizes life. It, be, it symbolizes that we were dead in our trespasses, but God raised us to life again. And so we, we, we're living in a place of His redemptive work. Why? Because He chose to be the substitution. There was no resurrection without His willingness to be the substitution. And so we see in Scripture, Paul unveiled the revelation of this in the New Testament the act, the process, if you look at substitution, it's the act, the process, the result of substituting one thing for another. Uh, one that is substituted for another like a substitute teacher. Uh, a teacher who stands in the act uh, or in the place of another. And we see this spiritual uh, principle not only in the New Testament, but I want to go to the Old Testament just for a minute. Because it foreshadows what we have celebrated and what we should continue to celebrate. Amen. After Holy Week, how many knows He's still resurrected? And he, he, he was crucified, but He has ascended into the heavens. And this principle was foreshadowed in the Old Testament. If you look at the story of the sacrificed goat, the sheep goat, how many knows He became the sheep goat? He became, what that means is He became the way of escape for you and I. Let's look at it. Leviticus 4 and 24. It says the first goat was killed as a sin offering. If you look at Leviticus 4 and 24, and he shall lay his hand upon the head of the goat and kill it. Where they would kill the burnt offering before the Lord, it is a sin offering. So they would transfer the sin onto the goat or the sacrifice and there would be an exchange that took place in that moment. There would be two goats together completing the picture of substitution. First one would be sacrifice, the, the sacrificial goat. Now watch this. There's two goats. Somebody say there's two goats. So one would be sacrificed, and then the other one would be sent off into the wilderness. So not, he, he bled for us to cover my sin, but then he washed away my sin. And so we see the priest would lay the hand on the, the head of the goat and send him off into the wilderness. And this was symbolic of the goat becoming the guilty one. Hallelujah. And we see in the Old Testament the depiction of what is getting ready to take place. Those who were guilty were released from the penalty because the goat had taken the place of the guilty one. Carrying away the sin of a person, carrying away the sin of Israel, of people, many times it would happen like this, that the priests would do this, uh, uh, they would do it every year for the sins of the people. And we see here that here's the picture of substitution. Somebody shout substitution. So this was one dying in place of another, and then, and then we see the blood, he's dying, he's being sacrificed, and then we see the other uh, going away. The sins are, are, are being, they're, 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 they're separating from the individual. The sins are washed away, never to be remembered again. They're, they're out in the wilderness, in the, God has taken care of it, Amen. And so we see here Hebrews 9 and 11 through 14, it says, "But when Christ appeared as a high priest, of the good things to come, watch this, He entered through the, great, the greater and more perfect tabernacle. This one was not made by hands, the Scripture tells us. That is to say, not of this creation and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through His own blood He entered the holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For it is the blood, come on somebody, it's the blood it's the blood that defied and sanctified the cleansing of the flesh. How much more, watch this, will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot, without blemish to God, cleanse your, watch this, conscience from dead works. Hallelujah. So that you can serve the living God. How many at times need your conscience cleansed from dead works? The enemy, is his ultimate goal is to get in your thought process. Because if he can, if he can influence you, he can uh, help you make his decision. Come on, somebody. And so we, this is what we see here. The blood of Jesus has already taken care of what you've been worrying about. 
What you did has already been washed away. You don't have to worry about it because Jesus has already paid the price and he has become the penalty of your sin. I wish I had somebody to help me in this place. That's exactly what Jesus did. If you look at this, the innocent took our sins upon himself to take away, watch, there goes that go, to take away the sin of the world. He died in my place. I was the guilty one. But he chose to die in my place and gave me his innocence. That, there's nothing fair about that. But is there anybody grateful that he died in your place and gave you his innocence? My goodness, if this don't excite us, we might as well put this book somewhere on the shelf and just forget it. I'm excited that I don't have to worry that, that it, my sin's already been taken care of. Come on, somebody. Don't hold on to your past. Don't worry about what happened to you, what you did. Understand that he became the penalty of your sin. And all you have to do is grab a hold of it by faith and believe it. And when you believe it, guess what? There goes that goat far away from you. That goat will run far away from you when you have the understanding of the blood. There would be two goats together, but the picture is the substitution. And we see here the same thing uh, that, that understanding within ourselves, there is no righteousness. Watch this, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. I'm, righteous, I'm not righteous in myself, but in Him. Come on, somebody. But in Him. Somebody say, in Him. In myself, the Scripture says, there is none righteous, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us have sinned, and I don't care how much we dress it up. Come on, somebody. Every one of us cannot do it without grace, without mercy, without His blood, without what He did on the cross, and without His resurrection. He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for you and I that we might become, watch this, the righteousness of God in Him. Somebody shout, in Him. Within myself, I can't do it. We all are like sheep, the Bible says, who have gone astray and turned our own ways to our own devices. The soul that sinneth, the Bible says, if my soul continues to perpetually sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Watch this, through Jesus Christ, my Lord. So how is this happening? Because He is the one. Somebody just say that with me. It, sound, it feels so good. He is the one. He is the one out of the billions, out of all nationalities. He is the one uh, out of every nation, out of every tongue, who was the perfect lamb, the sinless lamb, the sinless sacrifice. 1 Peter 2.22 says he had no sin in him, neither was there any guile found in his mouth. Come on, somebody shout, he's the one. Hallelujah. He is the one, Jesus. I wish somebody would get a praise right now that he is the one who made a way of escape. He was your scapegoat. He made a way. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you did last week. I don't care what you did last month. I don't care what you did a year ago that's still trying to hold on to you like a ball and chain. I come to tell you who the Son sets free is free. He is. Somebody shout He's the one. He's the one that my sins came upon him, the Bible says, suffered as the guilty in order to give me his innocence and his righteousness. Somebody shout, he's the one. Jesus is the one who was crucified. Jesus is the one who became the substitute. Jesus is the one who bled and died for my sins and he broke the law. Hallelujah. Come on somebody. He broke through the law. He became the law. He became the fulfillment of the law and sins that the sin that separated me, sinners had broken the law. I, there's no way that we could abide by the law. There's no way that we could do it, but there was a perfect one. Somebody shout. He he is the one. I can do nothing without him, but he is the one who conquered and fulfilled the law so that I could have life. I was guilty. I was worthless, worthy of death, Eternal, eternally separated from Jesus because of my sin. But he who knew no sin offered himself in my place. 
the one who knew no sin, became the sacrificial substitute so that I could be redeemed from my sin, so that I could be restored. Watch this, in my mind. Come on, somebody. He, he restored my mind. He restored my heart. He restored my spirit. And I came to tell somebody that that day that you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, everything begins to shift in that moment. When you understand the substitutional sacrifice that, that changed you and changed your life because now everything he has, watch this, now it's available to you because he was the one who stood in the gap. And as he stood in the gap, that is why now we are in in a kingdom and heavenly resources are at your fingertips. Why? Because he is the one who supplies all of my needs. Come on. According to his riches in his glory. I have everything paid for. Why? Because I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. You have been resurrected with Jesus. And through your identification with him under the blood of Jesus, the old man is crucified and you got up with a new experience. A new day is dawning. There's a new man in you. There's, I said there's a new man on you, in you, through you. He is the one who made old things pass away. Behold, all things have become new. Old habits and hearts are loose. Losing their attractiveness. Why? Because he was the one. He was the one. Christ was raised from the dead. By the glory of God the Father. And even so. Also. Walk. In the newness. Of life. The Lord. Calls my iniquities. To fall on him. This is the scripture. The Lord calls my iniquities. What is your iniquities? It's your vice. It's your vileness. It is your wickedness. It's that immorality. And Scripture says in Isaiah 53 and 6 that He caused my immorality to fall on the substitutional sacrifice. Jesus, I've been crucified with Christ. Come on, somebody. I've been crucified with Christ. But I didn't only get crucified with Him. Buried with Christ, but and raised with Christ. It's so often that we celebrate the sacrifice, but we miss the power of the resurrection. By choice, guilty before God. God sent His Son as the substitutional, substitutional sacrificial lamb. Jesus paid for my sins, gave me righteousness, and through identification now, watch this, I'm an heir to everything that Jesus has, not only to have eternal life there, but God is saying, I want you to live abundantly here. How many knows there's fullness of joy that God wants you to operate from? Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a joy and the peace that Scripture talks about that passes all understanding. That's what abundant living is. It means that I can be self-controlled. Come on, somebody. It means that I can live in joy. It means that I can live in peace. When a chaotic world is around me, I can still stand. When all I've done to do is to stand, I can even have authority through the name of Jesus and the access of the throne to tread upon serpents. Come on, I'm about to preach now. And scorpions and all the evil wickedness that's coming after your family and your children and this generation. You have the power to pull down every stronghold and every high thing that would exalt itself against the gospel truth. Come on, there's a bunch of lying spirits trying to push you in a corner. But you need to understand because of the substitute, you have power. Because of the substitute, you have resurrection authority. Because of the substitute, you're an heir and a joy. I said you're a royal priesthood come on you're blessed in the city and blessed in the field you're blessed going in and blessed going away why because he became the substitute but yet he became the resurrection I can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Why? Because the kingdom of God is within me. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God. I said the kingdom of God is within you. That means that Jesus Christ has affected your heart. When Jesus affects your heart, you will not sin again. Come on, somebody. We're trying to clean people up before Jesus gets into their heart. But I'm here to tell you, if you understand that he became the substitute, you'll live right. You'll talk right. You'll walk right. Because there's nothing that's more powerful than that kind of love. Nothing is more powerful than that kind of love. 
The fullness of joy is in that kind of love. The peace that passes all understanding is in that kind of love. All that is contained in the salvation of John 3.16, the sozo, is in that kind of love. How many knows healing is in that? He was wounded for my transgressions. Come on. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I can see a love that's greater than the sin the enemy tried to keep me in I wish I had somebody to remember where God brought you from just for a few moments take 30 seconds and give him praise to that he became the substitution but he didn't stay three days later he got up so you can get up too he got up not only have heaven to go to, to have heaven to go to. But he put heaven in my heart. Isn't that amazing? That not only he gave me something to look forward to there, but he put heaven in my heart here. Come on, somebody. I said he put heaven, heaven's potential in your heart. When you realize whose you are, there ain't no word. Come on, there ain't no wicked thing. There is no distraction that can detour your destiny. Why? Because you understand the love of God. You understand the assignment. You understand the mission of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, it's still the blood. It's still the cross. It's still the empty tomb. And is there anybody that's grateful because of grace? Is there anybody that's grateful that you're not a sinner anymore? That you're not hooked up to drugs like you used to be? Is there anybody that's grateful that you should have died but Jesus said I'm come to give you life I come to give you a sound conscience I come to give you a peace that passes all understanding and the Bible says whosoever shall call upon this name those of you watching me right now at your house in your home in your car whatever the case may be listen there's no way that you can work up your salvation you can't work it out you can't make it happen. If we could make it happen, there would be no need for Holy Week. There would be no need for what He did for me. But I came to tell you that He bled and He died so that you don't have to live in that addiction anymore. So that you don't have to live in the bondage that you're in. I know that you think you're free, but you live in bondage when you lay your head on your pillow at night. But I came to give you some good news. Jesus, I came to give you some good news from a graveyard. Jesus is not there. He he is risen. I said there's resurrection power. He is not there and I believe it with all of my heart and I believe he can raise you up out of your addiction, out of your struggle, out of your sin, whatever that sin may be. Don't you let, don't you hold your head down any longer in condemnation. Jesus paid the way for you. Jesus is the one uh, that made a way of escape. I can be raised from death to life. If, if Zach, if you would come at this time, I can be raised from darkness into light. I can be trans, transitioned from lost into found. Anybody remember when you was lost, but the shepherd found you? Come on, somebody. The shepherd we sing a song, the, the family sings a song, and, and they don't do it very often, but every time they do, there's a special anointing on it. And it talks about him leaving the 99 to go after the one. And, 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 and it, he was on the edge of, de of destruction. They're on the ledge. One step could have ended it all. But I felt a hand, and I heard the shepherd's call. Think about that. That in our vileness, in our wickedness, in our sin, in our flesh pleasure, we were on the verge of destruction. We might have thought we were living. There for a minute we felt like we were free. Anybody remember where you felt like you were free from religion and you could do what you wanted to do? And it felt like freedom because 
the enemy copies the truth. But then you find out later, it's a lie. Because that kind of freedom, it, it, it binds you. It binds you to a place where you go through the motions. You just go through the motions. There's no purpose. There's no life. If you want to understand what it's like to be a Christian, you have purpose when you accept Him as your Savior. Without Him, there's no reason for me to get up in the morning. Without Him, there's no reason for me to breathe air. Whew. But with Him, man, every breath I have, I have something to praise Him for. Every breath I have, I can be a witness of what He's done in my life. Because there's somebody else who needs to understand this kind of love. If you'd stand to your feet all over this place. This is different tonight, but I just... Man, I just... I just I'm messed up, you guys. In a good way. I'm tired of the religious rituals. I'm tired of, of, of acting like we have to work something up to get something. The devil is a liar. You can't be perfect enough. You can't, I can't be perfect enough. I can try. That's what religion does. Religion wants to bind you. Religion wants to lock you up. Religion wants you to think you got to check this off and check that off and check this off before he can love you. The devil is a liar. He loved you when you was unlovable. He loved you before you even made the choice to come to him. So anything that would tell you that God is done away with you and He doesn't love you is a lie from the pits. I'm trying to talk to somebody who's on the verge of giving up, of ending it all. I'm here to tell you, don't quit. Don't give up. God still loves you. Come on, somebody. God still loves the sinner. He still loves the sinner. Woo. He loves me. When I'm at my worst, God still loves me. When I have a thought, God still loves me. He still loves me. And knowing that He loves me, Brother Jeff, is what makes me want to live for Him. I'm telling you, if you can get this, if you can get this, that you don't have to work for a position in the kingdom. I wish I had somebody help me. Because the blood already made the position available and the position is yours in Christ Jesus our Lord this ain't no pyramid scheme where we're working our way up we know what those pyramids did to God's people they put them in slavery made them build that's religion the Pharisees the Sadducees you got to do it all this way that way but the love of God, and I've been saying this a lot, it's, it's my new slogan. The law, what the law pushed out, love pulled in. What the law pushed out made an outcast, made you an outcast. Jesus said, wait a minute, I'll go through it all. I'll be perfect and complete, <laughs> lacking nothing. So that you, watch this, can be perfect and complete. Lacking. I want you to turn to somebody and tell them, you lack nothing. Here's, here's how you have to see yourself. I don't care what your bank account says. You lack nothing. You don't operate from this rim. There's a, there's a kingdom currency. I said, he owns it all. If you're in Him, your identity is in Christ. You lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He has everything that you need. Everything that you need is in Him. Just lift your hands if you would and just, just honor Him just for a moment for grace, for mercy. Praise Him for a few moments and thank Him that the bondage of guilt and condemnation and shame has left and God has given you freedom and forgiveness. And your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I just want to remind you of that. That you're in a book that's beyond this place. My God in heaven. You're in a book that's beyond. It's not even from this dimension. That book is not here. It's in a different place. And so that means you're an heir and joint heir with Christ. That whatever He has, you can have. He is the author 
of peace. Which means right now, if you need peace, matter of fact, just lift your hands. If you've had a season of chaos, I speak peace through His name. I speak peace as you remember your identity in Him right now. I speak peace as you take your position as an ambassador in the kingdom of God. You are an ambassador in the kingdom of God. You're not from this place. He has all the provisions. He has everything at his fingertips. All you have to do, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. He's already given you the keys because he took the keys. He's given you the ability to, to carry the keys, to activate the keys in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Colossians 2.15 Satan the prince of darkness with all of the dominions and the demons and every ounce of hellish power at the disposal could not hold Jesus watch this in the grave. The moment God the Father said the demands of justice have been satisfied. Whew. The mighty Holy Ghost began to pulse through Jesus' body. He threw off every demonic spirit. He, he kicked through the gates of hell. And He took the keys. And the Bible says, Colossians 2.15, Having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And then Ephesians 4.8, I love this. They ascended up on high. He led captivity captive and gave, watch this, gifts unto men. So what am I saying? He's given you eternal life. That right there is enough. That just was so country. That right there is enough to give God praise. Eternal life. Let's just go ahead and give Him praise for that. But then He also... Watch this. Gave you gifts. How many Holy Ghost feel in this place? In that Spirit called the Holy Ghost that builds you up when you speak in tongues? It's more than tongues, ladies and gentlemen. It's gifts that He's given to you. He's given men gifts who've surrendered their life to Christ. He was the substitute. He chose to be the substitute. But I had to choose to surrender. Without my surrender, His substitution would have been in vain. But because I have surrendered everything that He went for, Barabbas set free. Amen? The murderer, the sinner, He was set free. That was the depiction. Barabbas sent away as the spotless lamb was the substitution for the sin of Barabbas. And He was released and set free because Jesus said, I'm the one. My God. This is my sermon title. He's the one. He's the one. Turn, lift your hands toward heaven and say, He's the one. And so I say, He's the one to whatever your need is in this place. He's the one that saved you. He's the one who made the way of escape for you. He's the one who can heal you of depression. He's the one. Whatever you need, if you need peace, He's the one. And Romans 8 begins to tell us that He's the one. Romans 8 begins to tell us that He is the one and that He works all things together for your good. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Come on. He's the one. He's the one. Just lift your hands toward heaven right now. And I just ask you, just for a few moments, do we have communion? Do we have that? I know that we prepared it Sunday and we didn't do it. If you can get that, we're going to do that tonight. But I want to ask you before we do that, just lift your hands toward heaven and just ask God to just allow His love to, to come through your heart right now. Let, let, God, let, let Him just love on you right now. Let Him show you what He did and why He did it. I hope that, that this became alive in you, this gospel message that's been declared. This gospel message is alive. I, he, he, he's alive. He's resurrected. And He come to give you life. And He come to take your sins away. But He came to give you that resurrection power to pull you up out of every generational curse that's trying to hold you down. Everything that's trying to depress you. Everything that's 
trying to deplete you. Jesus said, I bled and I died and I rose victoriously so you can get out of whatever's trying to deplete you, to depress you, to press you down, to keep you in a corner, to keep you locked up somewhere. God says, I came to set you free. And when I set you free, nothing can bind you. The angel set on the stone to remind you that it's already done. The grave has been opened. You have, you have kingdom access because the veil was rent when he was when he was when it was paid for on the cross as he was crucified the bible said the veil was rent the bible said that bodies came out of graves that's how powerful this message is for your life so just be reminded of that as you search yourself right now just go ahead and just begin to search your heart and whatever it is that's trying to keep you out of what he's pulled you into i want you to begin to release it right now I want you to get it out of your heart. Even if you have to naturally just by a prophetic act, just say, I'm pulling that root out of my heart, that bitterness. I'm pulling that go gossip root out of my heart and I'm going to fill my heart with the gospel. Come on, somebody. I'm pulling out depression and I'm going to receive joy that's unspeakable and it's full of glory. I'm pulling out despondency and I'm going to put in the fullness, the increase, everything that God has for me. He's my provider. He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider and everything that I need inside my heart. He has it. And so Lord, I just pray as I empty myself of flesh, as I empty myself of self, God God, I pray that you would pour into me the love that will change me forever. The love that lifted you up out of the grave. That love, God, poured into my heart in this moment. I ask you to do it right now. And we give you the glory. And we give you the praise for it. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Here's what I want to ask you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. And this may be just for somebody that's online, but I felt compelled to at least give an invitation and give you the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And some of you may say, I've been bound to law for too long, but I'm ready to come into the love of Jesus Christ. I'm ready to take my position in Him. And if that's you and you'd say, I've identified myself a certain way, but I want to come into His identity. If that's you and you'd say, I know I'm not where I need to be with Jesus Christ. I just want you to lift your hand in this place. I want to pray the sinner's prayer with you. If that's you, just lift your hand. Thank you for this hand in the back. Is there anybody else? Is there anyone else in the house? If there's some online, go ahead and throw up the emoji hand. We're going to pray a prayer together of surrender. Come on, don't be ashamed. Maybe you're not where you need to be with God. You feel like you've strayed from Him and you want a fresh start. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, this message got into my spirit and into my heart, and I'm ready for that change of His love in my heart. I want to live for real. If that's you and you'd say, I want to live for real for Him, just lift your hand and say, that's me. That's me. Thank you for the hand in the back. Is there anyone else? If you're online, listen, He paid the price for you and for this moment. And I'm just going to say it like the old timers used to say it. We're not promised the next second. All we have is this moment. And so if you just pray this prayer and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Say this, forgive me. Change me. Restore my life. Lord, I believe that You died for me, that You were buried, and that You rose again. And so, Lord Jesus, I ask You now to help me live for You and from You in this life. And I give You the glory and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you said that from your heart, if you said that and then believed it in your heart and confessed it with your mouth, the Bible says that everything has just changed for you. If you believe that, somebody give God praise in heaven. In heaven, they're rejoicing. The angels are rejoicing. Let's join with the angels. I know you got communion. Those of you who are at home, just rejoice because Jesus is changing everything. From this moment, your life, I promise you, you watch this. I'm not going to say that life is going to be perfect, but life is going to change from this day forward. You'll never be the same because you chose to allow that Lamb of God who was slain for the salvation of the world, you allowed Him into your heart. And now He will commune with you and fellowship with you. 
And just like the disciples around the table when they were in despair, when the two men of Emmaus were walking and he came to the house and he began to take the bread. Let's go ahead and take that bread. And as he began to lift it up to heaven and he broke the bread, they remembered. <laughs> and he said, do this in remembrance of me. This is my body broken for you. And so Lord, we thank you for the broken body. We thank you, Lord, that because of the broken body, Lord, we can break through. Lord, we can have victory. Lord, we can live in sound peace. Lord, we can be identified with you. And so, Lord, I thank you for this body that you broke and that you allowed to be bruised, to be whipped, to be persecuted so that I can live peaceful, so that I can have joy, so that I can walk out this salvation and be, it can be sustained as I intake this victorious body that was broken for me. And Lord, we give you the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, would you take his body now? And the Bible says that they took the cup. This is the blood of Jesus. And there's benefits in this blood. And I just want you to realize, I know that this is a natural thing that we're doing but I want you to think about what spiritually has taken place as you take in this blood I want you to understand that God is healing you right now if you need a physical healing matter of fact how many needs a physical healing right now we're going to take in this blood how many believe how, how many can believe as we take it in <laughs> that God's going to heal you without a preacher laying a hand on you come on somebody because I have faith enough to believe that as I drink his blood I can be healed by the blood I'm drinking. Amen. So right now we receive this blood, God. We thank you for this holy week and what it has meant to us. And God, what you mean to us, what this blood means. And so Lord, I'm, thank I'm thankful that right now as we take in this blood that's our salvation, God, that divine healing will flow through every physical body that needs a healing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Can we take the cup together? We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.